Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John, multitasking. How you doing? I, hey, man, I'm glad yeah. to be here. Yes. Right? It's been weeks. I know we've had some some other shows we've been putting out, thank God, for the for the interview shows we had with um, with Pete Barak and with Dr. Bob Schutz that kind of kept us through the Christmas right. vacation. Right. Yeah. And for, and for those that are wondering why we weren't on the air as regular, it wasn't just because of Christmas, uh, my family and I contracted COVID and we've been dealing with that over the last few weeks. And, um, and I know, uh, some other folks that are involved in the ministry had it too. So it kind of shut us down there for a few weeks, but I'm excited to be back in here. Uh, it's a new year, you know, it's the, it's the first show of the year and, uh, we're just the day after the epiphany and ready to kind of move into this new year. Um, it's that time of year again with where everybody's thinking of resolutions. And we'll talk about those in just a minute as we get started in the show. But I want to bring up that today is the day that we started Exodus 90. Today is Monday, January the 4th. And guys, if you're listening to this tomorrow, there is still time uh, when it comes out for you to sign up for Exodus 90. You'll be a day behind, but you could still start. Um, you know, I, I did the cold showers and I've gone through the exercises today and the holy hour. And it's the cold showers weren't that fun, but right. uh, <laughs> but it was manageable and was able to offer those up for, for people that had given me some prayers to pray for them. So um, I'm excited about the journey. Uh, there's thousands of guys across the country that are going through this that are marching from today all the way to Lent, or, or not to Lent, to Easter, um, to, you know, all the way through this journey. So if you, if you haven't done it yet, if you're on the fence, do it. Um, you know, make that decision, make that resolution that you're going to grow closer to Christ this year, and you can do it very well through Exodus 90. I'm excited for the time um, to put away other things and to focus back on my family and the Lord and so I'm excited that started off today. So guys, you can do that at xs90.com. Go there. You can download the app. Ask a couple buddies to join it with you. And you can start tomorrow. You can catch up and uh, and start tomorrow and only be a day behind. So also, I want to say thank you to all the patrons. And sitting there uh, through, the, uh, through COVID and all that, I got a lot of, of messages uh, from Facebook messages to emails to texts from people that are patrons and, and just supporters of the show in general. Uh, wishing my family well, praying for us, um, you know, sharing their 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 thoughts about how you know we couldn't visit family and things like that, and just wishing us the best. So thank you for all of that. Um, we received a, a lot of donations at the end of the year. Uh, I was sitting there on Christmas night watching, um, I believe it was the Santa Claus or something, with my kids and Angela, and there were several donations that came through. Mm-hmm. It just warmed my heart. So mm-hmm. thank you for everybody that chose to give here at the end of the year. Um, if you are not a patron. You should really consider doing it, uh, becoming a patron, because one, you get access to this Facebook group, and more and more every day, these guys are starting to share. There's a brotherhood starting to bud in there. People are starting to to really open up and share their why and what they're doing and and why this show is helping them, and it's just banding together with guys that are they're on the same journey. So if you're a guy out there that's looking for a place to connect with other folks, that Facebook group is a great place, and it's in our you know you become a patron and you get access to that. Um, you also get all the extra interviews. You know, there was an extra interview with Pete Burax. There was an extra interview with Dr. Bob Schutz that a lot of the patrons really enjoyed. So you get access to all of that. Uh, there's one coming up with Jason Everett where you'll have an extra interview. Um, but the most important thing I always say is it, it allows you to help evangelize other men. 
Um, you know, a lot of us want to do that. We want to go out and, and help other people find Christ, but we don't know how to do it. We don't know where to begin. But you can do that. You can begin by donating here because what we're doing is evangelizing men. And this is your ministry as much as it is Victor's or mine or Deacon Jeff's or anybody else's. And it's a means for which you can bring people to know the person of Jesus Christ, which is the whole purpose of this thing. So uh, those are some great things there. And also we're going to have something coming out in March. I can't talk about it too much right now. But we have a new resource for men that I've been working on in this downtime called The Narrow Road that's going to come out that's going to help men every month walk through a different virtue. It's going to help them get into reading the gospel every day. And it's going to help you put into practice how to live out these virtues in every relationship of your life. So keep an eye out for that. That's going to go out uh, for patrons. And so you can become a $10 patron and you're going to get access to that in March. There'll be more to come about that. But I wanted to share a little bit about it today. So... Thank you all to the patrons. You can become a patron by uh, going to patron.com slash pew ministries, or you can go to just a guy on the pew.com and click support there. So on to the show, Victor, I've said a lot already, but there's more to come. All right. <laughs> um, you know, it is that time of year, as we said in the beginning, where everyone starts focusing on resolutions. What mm-hmm. am I going to do differently? How am I going to change my life? What do I need to do to myself or change in myself to make myself happier in this year than I was last year? And there's probably a lot of people that are looking at a lot of these things now because of the year we had last year, right? 2020 was a tough year for a lot of people. And uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, had some hopelessness and things like that last year with the loss of life and loss of jobs and all these things. But so a lot of people I know, because I've heard it and seen it on social media and everywhere else, are starting to do the whole resolution thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people start to look for those changes that are going to help them find happiness or the joy that they're maybe missing in their life. But, you know, I was thinking about this and praying about this over this time I've been off. And the truth is, we don't need a bunch of resolutions. You know, we need one resolution, and that resolution is becoming what Christ wants us to become, which is great disciples. You know, um, we don't always, we always, with with um, with with resolutions, there are always things like, I want to lose weight, or I want to um, be nicer to my, my kids or my spouse or something like that. But they wind up being sort of more of suggestions than they actually do of a resolution. Um, you know, but the thing is, like, we, we try to fill up all these these holes in our life and shore up all these things that we think are going to make our life better. But Jesus says to Mary and Martha, there's need of only one thing, right? That's what it says in Scripture in Luke, that there's need of only one thing. And, you know, so does Curly from uh, City Slickers, if you've right. seen that movie. Remember, he puts up the finger, the, 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 the nice finger, the index finger. And he uh, and he says there's need you know there's there's the one thing in life that you're all looking for there's only need for one thing. Now in the movie they say it's different to everybody, but in life to us in real life there's need of only one thing and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So the problem is a lot of us we start to um, we don't resolve to build our relationship with Christ right we we talk about maybe doing some things but we never fully resolve to to build that relationship. So I want to talk about that a little bit today. I want to get into what a resolution is and the difference between that and some of the other things we do as we get started here. Well, going back with resolutions, what you're saying is that when you think of starting one for a whole year, it could be daunting because you're thinking of what, 365 days, right? Of denying yourself or improving yourself in one way or the other. But look at this. If you do something like this, that's meaningful, meaningful, meaningful to you, you know, take it day by day, step by step. That way it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Sure. Same thing with any project you do and work-wise, you know, 
you, you got to do this, which is a huge presentation, say for so forth, to present to somebody, mm-hmm. right? Well, you're not going to like, you know, focus on the end result. You're focusing on how do I get to where I need to get to, right? Like each day you're comparing something to pull together and then therefore you get more ideas to make it more compounding to present what you need to do. So this is the same thing, right? When we get too far ahead of ourselves, what's going to happen? We get frustrated and we probably do what? Yeah, we kind of give up. Yeah. Right. Throw our hands up in the air and going, well, I don't know why I thought I could do this. I should have right. known. Yeah. Right. Well, and a, and a big problem with that is that, like I said, like there's the need of the only one thing, but we don't, a lot of us don't believe that. We think if we get this or get that or do this or do that or are just able to check this off our list, then things will be better. We'll be happier. We'll be joyful. But the truth is, none of that is going to be right until you have your relationship right with Christ. Right. And um, the thing is, like, even when we start to try to find these other things, they're sort of half efforts. Because it's almost as if we don't believe, even if we accomplish them, that they're really going to fill that hole of what we need. We may not know that, you know, um, in our minds at the time, it might be a subconscious thing. But we almost seem to know that, like, th- even if I get this, this is just going to be another thing I get. It's just and then I'll need another yeah. thing, and I'll right. need another thing. So, like, what we do is we wind up making more of suggestions. Like, people never really d- resolve to do anything. It's actually more of a suggestion. It's, I'm going to try to read the Bible this year, or I'm going to try to lose weight. And as we know, the great philosopher Yoda right. says, do or do not. There is no try, right? Like there is, is no in between. It is, is from the Greek. Greek? Yeah, Yoda okay. is Greek, yeah. I believe. It's <laughs> from the universe of Star Wars. Right, Athens. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, sound like a dork I do. You know? <laughs> but anyway, it's, you know, he says that, but there's truth in that. And the problem is like we we start to, to really um, suggest it, right? It's mm-hmm. not a resolution that we should probably start by like really defining what a resolution is. A resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. Like Yoda said, do or do not. It's a choice. And a lot of times we don't ever fully choose these things. We just think, well, you know, it'd be great if I could read the Bible. It'd be great if I could lose weight. It could be great if I could be a better husband. But we never really resolve to do that. So most people, you know, even when you start to a resolution like that, well, you know, maybe I could that little doubt starts in the back of your head, right? Mm-hmm. Like every year, this is the year I'm going to work out. I'm going to go get my gym membership. But in the back of your mind, you're hearing, okay, that's going to last two weeks or two months right. and I'll be asking for a refund. And then I'll just be paying money that I'm not even showing yeah, up. Or yeah, or I'll be canceling it and feeling right. horrible about myself because it's another year that I didn't you know, do something that I resolved to do. But the fact, the fact is you didn't resolve to do it. Like you never made that firm decision. That's the important piece there. You know, when you do something with resolve, it, you're deciding firmly on a course of action. But most of us are just working off a suggestion. Um, you know, we make the mistake of planning without actually understanding our why, mm-hmm. right? We just decide we're going to do this one day, but why? And if you look at, at, at Jesus, the way that he approached people and the way that people started to change their lives, is he asked the question, what do you seek? Right? What do you seek? But so many times we'll say, well, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to lose this. But why? What's your why in that? Mm-hmm. What's driving you there? What is it that you're seeking in that? But we never go that far. So we just jump out and say, I'm going to do something. But when you don't have your why in the right place, like Exodus 90, we're start, we started that today. One of the biggest things they talked about was you better have your why down or you're going to fail. There's a lot of hard stuff to do in here. Mm-hmm. The cold showers, the not eating between meals, the the no alcohol, all these, the no TV for 90 days, all that kind of stuff. If you don't have you solidified your why, you're going to fail. And that's what happens to most of us in any resolution that we that we have at the beginning of the year is because we don't understand that why and we're not truly seeking why are we doing this. 
And the reason for a lot of that is because what we're seeking in a lot of these things isn't going to bring us the true happiness that we want. The only thing that could do that is that the, the, the need for only one thing, right? The, the one resolution that is going to matter and has the ability to change everything in our life. Mm-hmm. And that's our relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, the energy and drive, if not managed correctly, will leave you, meaning that you'll stop desiring to continue on the path. And like for everything, like these is 90 days, yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's daunting. But if you look at it, like I said before, every day, if I if I focus on what I need to do today, then therefore I keep the drive, I keep the energy to continue doing what I want to do because I'm, I'm gaining so much from this because I'm drawing myself closer to God in prayer and in reading, and I'm learning so much stuff about not only my own faith, but my perspective on how I used to think God was. Now I see a new perspective of who He is. No, you're exactly right. And, and the thing is, that, that's really difficult about this is that we don't even we don't even realize that we don't have that that resolve that yeah. decisiveness about it. So when we start all this, we're pretty much bound to fail because we don't we don't understand that why. I cannot stress that enough. And you know that's why you never really resolve to do it. And you're going to fail at every res- resolution that you try to do with that. So you know you've got that little doubt that voice of doubt in the back of your mind anyway. And it's kind of like standing in a, in a windstorm and trying to stand on one foot, right? Like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a suggestion. You pick that leg up and the wind kicks up. And guess what? You're going to wind up on the, on the ground three, three rows over because this wind blew you over because you weren't standing on a firm ground, right? You didn't have a strong foundation. And so when we go into these resolutions that we're going to change this and this is going to make me happier, this will finally get me, you know, uh, self-esteem mm-hmm. or it's going to make me move in a different place where I'm finally happy with myself, whatever it is, or it's going to meet somebody else's expectation of me, um, you're, you're going to wind up disappointed because you don't have that firm foundation. And that's what Christ asked of all of us is, is saying, why is it? What are you seeking? What do you need? And in all of this, I don't care whether you're, what you're trying to do in your life, you're always seeking Christ. Anything where you're trying, to, that, that call to feel better, that call to be better, that call to find out what I'm missing in my life is a yearning, is a longing, is a call right. for Christ. And so these regular, nobody's saying like, don't try to better yourself. But until you realize that the one thing that is going to set you on the path to fixing everything on your life is a relationship with Jesus, you're always going to struggle. You're always going to be looking for that next thing. It's always going to be January again and go, well, what am I going to do for three months and then be upset with myself for failing again? That's why you have to have all this shorn up. And, And our reason for doing everything should be for the glory of God, for the glory of Jesus Christ. No matter if you're if you're deciding you're going to lose weight or you're going to you're deciding you're going to be a better husband, it's all got to be to grow in that relationship and to bring glory to God. Well, when when we diminish ourselves right in front of God, we're always going to learn something about our failings, right? Mm-hmm. Things we need to do better, and that resolution is kind of like that. Is like I resolve to change my life. I resolve to learn more about who I need to be or who I ought to be. And this is this is the kind of what we're talking about is that. How do we shed the old skin without, you know, getting scabs from our past failures, right? Yeah. We have to develop a new sense of way of thinking about how to do better, what to do better, and also bond with people who are doing the same thing. Like the, the thing about XS90 is you have accountability, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you spoke with that already. Where there's a group of us going together and we have to check in with each other every day to say, okay, how are you doing? Sure. What can I help you with? Do you need prayer? or need support, or, you know, if you're having a hard time doing something, 
let's meet to do the to, 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 together or something, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that's that's the combination I think we we miss. We try to do everything on our own without support from a brother or sister. Sure. You know, you have to have a plan with any of this stuff yeah. that you're doing. You have to have a plan to put into action after you understand what your why is. And, and the, the great thing about this, there's a quote from John Paul II that I've got here, and it talks about, you know, grace. You know, we've talked about grace before, that God is always desiring to pour his grace and his mercy out on us, that he knows that we can't do this by ourselves. You know, I'm reading a book right now. Um, I'm actually reading like two or three, but this one is 60 Days to Become a Missionary Disciple by Father John Bartunic, a uh, guy that I've had the, the pleasure of meeting in the last couple You're gonna months. You're going to try to do it in 50 days, right? And he's right no, no. <laughs> I'm reading it once a day like I'm supposed okay. to. But he talks about like there's this partnership, you know, and 99% of that partnership is falls on Christ, like mm-hmm. everything, on your relationship with God. Like God provides all that, and the 1% is on you. But even though that 1% seems small, it still is dependent on you. Yeah. That grace is wanting to flow, but until you decide to do something about it, until you resolve to change, you resolve to make that firm decision to, to grow in your relationship, to to partner with Christ to become the person you want to be, then it's never going to move forward. As much as God controls of that 99%, he, it still needs that 1% to, to be active, to, to, to do what it's supposed to do. So this quote says, we now need to profit from the grace received by putting it into practice and resolutions and guidelines for actions. So as I read that in that book yesterday, and I thought, wow, I'm fixing to do a show on resolutions, and here's this quote on the first day of this book I just bought Saturday. But it reminded me that if we're going to be you know, trying to change our life, at the year we've had, a year in which God, no matter what has happened to us, whether we've lost somebody, we've been sick, we've lost jobs, the election stuff, God is still on the throne, right? God is still in charge. God is still wishing to shower his blessings upon you, even in the sufferings. You know, even outside of the joyous times, the consolation times, God is sitting there waiting to shower his blessings on you, to make you the man that you've desired to be, right? Right now, maybe you're sitting here after Christmas and you're thinking, gosh, man, I really drink too much. Or I'm watching porn when I shouldn't be. Or, man, I really have got to shore up my relationship with my children. They're growing older and and I've, I've wasted so much time with them. Right. Like whatever these things are that you feel inside your heart today, I know every one of us always, I feel those things all the time that God is sort of pointing me to of you need to shore this up, you need to shore that up. If there are things in your life like that, then make those resolutions. The heck with the working out and all that stuff. Because here's the reason, here's the point of what I'm trying to make, is when you every res- resolution you can make can be made by making the resolution to give more of your life to Jesus. Now, what I mean by that is, somebody says, well, how's that going to help me lose weight? Well, losing weight, I need to be here. If I'm a husband and a father, for instance, and I'm trying to live in my vocation, which is what Jesus has asked me to do. You can go out, you can evangelize others, but first live in your vocation as a husband and a father. Be good at that. That's the most important thing you can do. How can I do that if I'm not here, right? If I'm healthy, if I'm in danger of dying, if my health is terrible, if I'm, you, you, as you get to know Jesus and he leads you into how to better live in your vocation right. as a husband and father, you're going to have the desire placed within you to make sure you are here to be that husband and father. You know, I'm exercising more than I ever have in the last couple of years of my life, and it's because I want to feel better. Our bodies are a temple, right? God resides within us. We're supposed to take care of those things. It wasn't like one day I just said, I'm going to get up and get into shape. I just wanted to take better care of myself as I grew in my relationship with Christ. I have respect and love for him and what he created in my body. So there's an example of 
you know what? You want to lose weight? Make the resolution to grow in your relationship with Christ, and he will place that desire within you, and he will give you the means to do it. Um, becoming a better spouse, right? We all want to be better husbands. If you're listening to this, hopefully that's one of your designs. If you're a married guy, is that you want to learn how to be a better husband. Well, guess what? When you start to grow in your relationship with Jesus and you start to love Jesus in the appropriate way and you understand how Jesus gave himself up for the church, then you're going to understand how you need to do the same for your wife. You're going to become a better husband all by wanting to make the resolution by deciding, being decisive in your decision to um, to 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 grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So you're becoming a better husband that way. A couple more examples. Becoming less self-absorbed and selfish. Jesus teaches us to put others first, right? That true joy comes from not getting what you want, not mm-hmm. filling your own desires, but by helping to fill the wants and the needs of others, by loving neighbor first. That's one of the commandments he left us. So as you grow in your relationship with Jesus and you get to know him, you're going to start to live like him, which means to love others, to put others first, to become better. So as you make a resolution, as you resolve to be more like Christ, to know more about Christ, to grow in your relationship of Christ, with Christ, you're going to become someone who is less selfish, someone that cares more about others. Uh, being a better friend, same things. If you're better friends with Jesus, you're going to be better friends with others because you know the qualities that you want to have and you know the qualities you want to seek in others. And it's going to help you find and be a better friend, um, a better father, right? Because I know the father now, I've met Jesus. And what does Jesus say? You only get, know the father. You only come to the father by me, right? So if we know Jesus, then we begin to know the father. We begin to put that that father relationship in its right place. We begin to understand as guys who maybe struggle as a father, mm-hmm. what it truly means to be a father. You start to understand how God loves you as a father, and you begin to emulate it as your own, as, as a father yourself. Recollate, uh, um, reclaiming, but also, you know, uh, developing repaired uh, issues that you've had in the past. Yeah. Sure. Right. So all of that is going to help you. If you could see here, no matter what it is you want to do, this is all taking you to a place when you resolve to get to know Jesus, to grow in your relationship, to love him. This is taking care of everything that you're looking for in your life. He is the life water, the living water that flows into everything in our life. The only problem is most of the time we're the dam, right? We're the ones that, that, that say we're not going to do that. We're worried about fixing other non-essential things in our life instead of fixing the one thing that will flow to everything in our life and make it the way it should be. So, I mean, even being nicer to people because joy you know, comes from loving others through Christ. All these things all come from that one thing, right? There's need of only one thing in growing that relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's talk about how to do it because we've got a couple minutes left. First of all, Jesus used to go up to all the disciples, right? He went up in the, in, in, you know, to the disciples when he went, I'm, I am tongue-tied right here. I don't know why. <laughs> when Jesus went to call the disciples is what I'm trying to say in an intelligent way. Um, he said, follow me, right? Follow me. To Peter, drop your nets, follow me. Matthew, follow me. All of these different apostles, uh, Philip, Andrew, uh, where do you stay? Follow me. Come and see, Right. He says that to each and every one of us every day, every day. Even if you're a great follower of Jesus Christ, every day he's saying to you, follow me, follow me more, give me more. So we've got to start doing that. Jesus is standing in front of us and asking us this every day. We need to resolve to do it just like those disciples. They weren't wishy-washy. They made a decision and they stuck with it. They got up and they walked towards Christ. Ask Jesus to help you with what you're looking for in your life. Ask him to help you with your needs, right? He knows if you're wanting to be a better father, if you're wanting to lose weight, if you're wanting to, whatever these things are, ask Christ to come into your life and help you with it. He will do it. He longs to be a part of your life. 
All that's keeping him from doing it is you. So open up and allow that. Make that resolution to allow him to be in control of your life. When you get back, when when uh, you when all you get back, you resolve to finish the race, right? That made no sense either. I messed that up too. When Paul ran a race, right? right. He says in the gospel, I ran the race, I finished the race. Paul didn't say I never fell. Paul didn't say I never stumbled, I never cut my knee, I never busted. But he did get up and continue to run. He was resolved to finish the race. So we have to do the same thing each and every year. This needs to be our resolution. Every year, no matter what year it is, we need to resolve to get to know Christ in a better and more profound way. Uh, we made to make the we need to make the firm decision that we want a better life and then pursue Jesus to find it. Right? That needs to be our why. I want a better life in category A, C, B, D, F, whatever it is. I need these portions of my life for Christ to come into. That's your why. Figure that out and then resolve to find it, resolve to, to better it, resolve to allow Christ to come in and to change that. And then make this resolution the one you keep for the rest of your life. Now you don't have to spend all that time at the beginning of the year every year going, what am I going to do this year? Am I going to drink less soft drinks? Am I going to lose weight? Am I going to you know, ride 18 miles on my bike every day? No, I'm going to get to know the person of Jesus Christ and I'm going to allow him more and more in my life every day. And as I do, it's going to take care of all these other resolutions because he's going to heal and nurture and fix and grow all the things in my life that I felt deficient in, the things that I felt like I was failing in with his strength, that 99%, right? And our 1% of yes, I resolved to let you in my life. He is going to fill up the rest of that container of your soul, of your heart, of your mind, of your body, and allow you to be able to do the things that you've wanted to do, to become the person you've wanted to do. But it all starts with making the correct uh, judgment call of being um, being resolved to allowing him into your life and to give him full control of your life. If you do that this year, I'm telling you, a lot of these are things that have been bugging you that you've been struggling with, it, they're going to go away. But you have to believe it. You have to you have to stick with that decision and not be wishy-washy, right? This isn't a suggestion that maybe I'll let Christ in my life. No, I'm making a firm decision today that in, in on January 4th, 2021, is the day that I let Jesus Christ come back into my life and control it and make my life better. So guys, I hear that music. There is need for only one resolution in 2021, and that is to resolve to grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You get that right and everything else will fall into place. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, every year we make new resolutions that usually wind up in failure. It is because most of us look at them as suggestions instead of with true resolve. Help us to understand that truly there is need for only one thing. And Father, remind us that the one resolution that will fix everything we're looking for in our life is growing in our relationship with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.